Here we go. Episode 371 of the Brian Oak Show from the Smart Start MN Studios. Oh, but we can rock for a second, can't we? Oh, I think so. a fucking banger but b a guy called the radio station i work at the other day and he's like man i've been calling kq requesting this song and they will not play it will you play this for me and i'm like well let's see we just got done playing miley cyrus and maroon five you think we should follow that shit up with headies <laughs> yeah I, but i love this song i freaking yeah. love headies I things think. to play on your last day we used to call it when i was on the air exactly yeah. right yeah. oh we're fired oh but i have to finish my shift yeah okay well, well here we happens. go <laughs> ah the joys of radio my name is brian oak that's sean bernard it is the brian oak show as i said the smart start mn studios we are presented by smart start smart start is minnesota's original ignition interlock company that means they put actual magic in your car to let you drive after you've been busted for drinking and driving it's not actual magic but technology as arthur c clark famously said once technology advanced enough technology will seem to the regular person like magic and they have a thing that you blow into and your car will actually start it seems like if you start with a little bit of compassion or empathy you're going to be okay and the guys at smart start actually went to the legislature and said Yes, people got a DUI, but they're not the double. Right. Let's maybe give them the opportunity to go to work so they can pay off their DUI and not, you know, be financially completely devastated for a mistake. So pretty cool that they did that. We can save you a little bit of extra money. Go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Our latest sign-on for a sponsor is OA Design Build Architecture. And you and I, I mean, Michael's been on the show before. Yes. Um, you and I recently had a chance to go watch their current project, which is a mind-boggling endeavor, just how many people are involved and how big it is. They're redoing the Pillsbury Mansion in South Minneapolis. Yeah, the Pillsbury Castle, as castle, they call it. Castle, yes. Mansion's not good enough, yeah. but it is literally a castle. It is a castle, and it's one of those places that I think our parents' generation heard about it all the time, our generation a little bit, but it's a really cool building. The video is almost complete. We're making some final edits on it. I've been going back and forth with the video editor, but we I'm hoping we can release it next week uh, okay yeah really I, really cool and oa design build architecture does phenomenal high-end remodeling and design and right. that sort of thing and and of course the architecture that goes along with it uh you can go to their website oadesign.com oadesignbuild.com exactly and i think and it's important to mention yeah. you don't have to own a castle no. in order to employ these people these people will do really really good work on your home is it a, a little more than usual it's possible but that's because i mean go take a look at the work that they do at their website it's worth the investment if you believe in your property if you're going to be there for a while if you're trying to increase the value you get what you pay for and they they but actually no. they actually pay all of their their employees they actually work for oa design build architecture that means they get benefits and vacation and all that sort of thing so wait a minute you're telling me that we treat tradespeople like human beings it seems like a novel idea interesting i didn't never catch on but i, I like it i mean I, I like that they're giving it a shot did you get out of doors yesterday Brian? oh my god so yesterday i actually had a terribly busy day yes but to and fro from the car here and there the sun and the warmth again 
something's fucking broken, if you'll pardon my use yeah, of the French. No, I get it, yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be 53 degrees in January. That said, like, I don't mind 20 below, but I do mind that we only had, like, what, three days of sunshine in the entire month of January? Yeah. The sun and the warmth yesterday, I'm going to be honest, despite the fact that I really like winter, it felt really good yesterday. Did you get outside? I did for a little bit. I had a busy day as well, so, which is funny because I also watched a documentary. <clears throat> About? I'm going to see if you can get it by me singing this song. Oh, dear. Are here we go. I don't know. I, 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 I haven't heard you sing in a long time, but here we well, go. I'm going <clears> to <throat> do it as Cartman, so let's see if you get it. Oh, right dear. Right there comes a time when you hate a certain cat and the world must come together as one. We are the we world. Are the world. Yeah, that's we are the world. Yeah. That's so weird that you mentioned that because someone else at work yesterday yeah. told me you <laughs> have to watch this documentary because apparently they were all up until like four or five in the morning eight recording in the morning. That, yeah, eight in the yeah, morning. They kept going after the AMA awards. They kept going all night long. I mean, one of the 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 most notorious, well, not notorious, but notable charity singles of all time, where you've got fifty rock stars up there singing in choir format. And doing a thing, we are the world. Um, it's up there with you know. Do they know it's Christmas and that kind of thing? Um, it's a it's a good video. Is you it, should is watch it. A good it. documentary. Yeah, you should watch it. Really? You should watch it. Yeah, of course. The only thing that's maybe a little bit of a spoiler is that Prince is kind of a dick and doesn't show up and shocking. Yeah, wanted to play a guitar solo. But no one, no one saw it coming. Yeah, he was never a simple artist to be around, no. was he? No. Yeah, exactly. Yep. In fact, we're going to be talking about Prince coming up and David Bowie and the Flaming Lips. We're going to be joined by the founder and director of Rock and Roll Kids Choir. This marries two of my favorite things on the planet. Three, actually. Kids, largely, except when they're not, are fantastic. Rock and roll, <laughs> brilliant. Love everything about it. And choir, I, and I know you do too, have yeah. a very long history with choir. We're going to be talking to the founder and director, Beth Gassinius of Rock and Roll Kids Choir coming up just ahead. But first, I went record shopping yesterday. Nice. And I, <clears throat> I've i got a commercial. Uh, there's a commercial running apparently locally that um, the record store I used to work at, Mill City Sound, they decided to rerun their commercial where it's yeah. like, bring in your collection, sell your collection. And people have been like apparently knocking down the door. And so my old employer, Rob, called up and he's like, hey, what do you want to get paid for this thing? It's running again. I'm like, how about you give me store credit? Nice. Because, you know, that way it's not yes. money out of his pocket, yep. and I get all the records I want. I went record shopping yesterday. I, I God, I'd love to tell you how much I spent on records, but I, <laughs> it, it was it was too much. Anyway, I bought uh, a collection of the earliest John Prine stuff, his first five records. Nice. And John Prine, in my humble opinion, I mean, I, I put John Prine in the same rarefied air that I would put a Willie Nelson or a Dolly Parton. John Prine fucking matters in the history of American music. So sardonic, and within the course of a single song can make you laugh, can make you cry. The tone of his voice, everything about John Prine is absolutely top-notch in my world. So I thought a little light-hearted joy from John Prine, and we'll come back and talk to Beth just ahead. Woke up this morning, put on my slippers, walked in the kitchen and died. And oh, what a feeling when my soul went through the ceiling and on up into heaven I did ride. When I got there, they did say, John, it happened this way. 
You slip upon the floor and hit your head And all the angels say just before you passed away These were the very last words that you said Please don't bury me down in the cold, cold ground No, I'm gonna have them cut me up and pass me all around Throw my brain in a hurricane and the blind can have my eyes And the deaf can take both of my ears if they don't mind the sound Give my stomach to Milwaukee if they run out of beer Put my socks in a cedar box, just get on out of here. Venus to Milo can have my arms, look out, I've got your nose. Sell my heart to the junk man and give my love to Rose. But please don't bury me down in that cold, cold ground. No, I'm gonna have them cut me up and pass me all around. For my brain in a hurricane and the blind can have my eyes. Give my feet to the footloose, careless, fancy free. Give my knees to the needy, don't pull that stuff on me. Hand me down my walking cane, it's a sin to tell a lie. Send my mouth way down south and kiss my ass goodbye. But please don't bury me down in that cold, cold ground. No, I don't have them cut me up and pass me all around. Oh, my brain in a hurricane and the blind can have my eyes. And the deaf can take both of my So good. My dad, growing up, my dad was a huge John Prine fan. And, of course, growing up, you know, I didn't dislike John Prine. But you don't have an appreciation for it. This is my parents' music, right? Yeah. And then every intervening year, I'm like, I loved it more and more and more and more. And he's seriously one of my all-time favorite American singer-songwriters. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Speaking of brilliant, that's Sean Bernard. My name is Brian Oak, and we are now welcoming into the conversation the founder and director of the Rock and Roll Kids Choir, Beth Gassinius. Beth, how are you? Hi, Brian. I'm doing great. you got to be right right up on that. All right, there we are. As as close as possible. You don't have to, like, get too (laughs) intimate with it, but if you drift away... We will not be able to hear you, and that would sort of, I don't know, defeat the purpose of having you here that in the Smart would. Start MN Studios. <laughs> Beth, how are you today? You I'm doing really well. Thanks, Brian. Happy to be here. Yeah, well, I'm glad to have you here. Now, let's, before we talk about kids and rock and roll and you perpetuating the devil's music with today's young people, let's talk about Beth. Where is Beth from? Where are you from? Um, I am from a small town in Kansas uh, called Lindsborg. Uh, grew up there uh Born and raised, stayed till I was 18. Uh, Kansas in the 90s, I was realizing was not necessarily where I wanted to be. Understood. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I came up here for school, went to Gustavus Adolphus down uh-huh. in St. Peter. 
and um, ended up in the Twin Cities area after that. So I've been here since 2001 now. And I know that music is obviously occupies a huge portion of your life. When young Beth is growing up in Kansas, when does the music bug bite? When, when, when did you realize this is going to be the focal point of what I like to do? I mean, pretty instantly. Um, you mentioned Willie earlier. Oh. I, I have not even memories. He's such an early part of my life. Like that Stardust right. album is how I learned of a lot of these jazz classics before I even heard the originals. Mm-hmm. Um, his Somewhere Over the Rainbow was my nap song. That was my designated nap song. What a good nap song. Oh, it was perfect. <clears throat> I, I would probably fall asleep right now. I was going to say, I might use that as my <laughs> nap song later on today. It's That's pretty, pretty phenomenal. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that the same record where he does Blue Skies? He does that on on uh, Stardust. Oh, that is Somewhere in the Rainbow is on a separate one. Okay, okay. But I mean, but, like, yeah. yeah, Blue Skies, that was another one growing up that um, my dad wasn't deep on Willie Nelson. He likes some more obscure Texas singer-songwriters. Um, but he, oh, my God, Blue Skies shining on me. I, I, you know, I, I think about it all the time. Yeah. Fabulous. So you come up here to go to Gustavus, and I'm just going to read a little bit of this to give people some base information on you, and we'll have more of a conversation. And I'm going to do my best radio announcer voice to read your bio in, because you are one of the few people who understood the assignment. When I tell people to send me a brief bio, (laughs) I generally get five pages of information. (laughs) This is a good bio. Founder and director Beth Gassinius is an early childhood music educator who's been involved with the Twin Cities music scene for over two decades. After graduating with a B.A. in music from Gustavus Adolphus College, she studied musicology, listen to that, that sounds like ninja shit right there, (laughs) at the University of Minnesota, worked in music education administration, and performed with a variety of local ensembles. A semi-professional singer, she's equally at home on stage at the Ordway with Minnesota Opera or rocking the karaoke mic karaoke. Mike, sorry, at the Vegas Lounge in Northeast Minneapolis. That's where I've seen you before. You looked familiar. Oh, for real? Yeah, well, (laughs) the the, the best karaoke in town, Vegas Lounge, just for my dollar. Unbelievable. Well, there's a ton of people that are professional musicians and singers. And they show up? They show up and you're like, oh my gosh. See, that's like like Huey Lewis in duets, man. That's not cool. There's definitely a a lot that aren't, though. That's true. That's true. No, no. And you you know. And you know the difference. But I I love the the variety you get there. I mean, whenever you go to the Vegas, it's going to be a story for the next morning. Really? Yeah. I, see, I just don't ever go out anymore, and so I don't even know where the Vegas Lounge is. It's over in Northeast Minneapolis. I know where Northeast is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, I don't. <laughs> but yeah. it's, what over is by the White like Castle there, Seventh hey? and Central there, or oh, something somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere around there. Oh, yeah. So not too far from the White Castle then. No, that's no, it's right. just up a couple blocks. <laughs> really. Yeah. It's a great little <laughs> venue. So the allure is growing by the moment. Um, how did you start singing when you were young? Uh, well, I always had been very musical. Um, my parents both sang. Um, we had a small college in the town where I grew up, too, that uh, had a um, annual Handel's Messiah Festival every okay. Easter. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people do it at Christmas, but we did the Easter thing. I think it's the, they've been doing it over 100 years, over 150, I think, at this wow. point, consistently. Yeah. Um, I think they took a break like during World War II. And that was it. As, as one <laughs> as does. As one does, exactly. As one yes. does. <laughs> Can't fault them for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, music was always really a big part of our town and a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was in orchestra in high school. We what, had, did you, what did you play? I played violin. I was a viola guy, so I, I got you. Yeah. The, yeah. Very, you know, the, the lesser violin. But 
Whoa. Oh, fighting words. Fighting words. Easy. easy. <laughs> less, there are fewer flourishes with the viola. <laughs> but let's be honest, somebody's got to lay down the bedrock so you fancy my... pants dancers can go do all your filigree out there. In the, in the... Unbelievable. I, I do want to say some of my very best friends are violas. What? That is, <laughs> that is actually one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Some of my best friends are black. Some of my best <laughs> friends play the viola. Nice. Um, so you would come up here and you go to school and you want to get involved in music. What? Why? Why music education? Why music administration? Um, well, I actually started uh, a music performance and was planning to go into that. Um, you know, life happens along the way. Sure does. Uh, it's actually something that I'm picking up more uh, as I've reached kind of middle age now, and I'm sort of picking up the. The horse again. Pick, you that's not you, what you pick up, Beth. <laughs> you don't. You, well, you don't pick up a horse, but I, I say get back on the horse. Get um, back on the horse. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. But you don't look middle aged, so well, um, bless you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm serious though. Like, so I mean, I feel like it's it. You don't get to have a renaissance yet. All right, you need another ten grueling years of stupidity in front of you, <laughs> and then you can have your renaissance. I recently turned a five that puts me decidedly in middle age. Really? We'll just we'll just leave it at that. Why do you suppose I have an alarm set for ten thirty six? I'm so stupid. Um, so let's talk, anyway. let's talk about Rock and Roll Kids Choir. Yes. Um, Rock and Roll Kids Choir is how old are the kids? The kids um, will be four to seven. Four years old Correct. to seven years four old. Four years old to seven years old. Um, I kind of had this idea. I had been teaching at a Montessori school for mm-hmm. about five years. Um, and kind of had stumbled into that um, and started working in more and more pop songs. Right. Um, I'd been trained in a, a program called Music Together that had done some family class sort of things. And when I'd been doing that, I whenever there was an opportunity to, you know, slot your own song in, we'd have Ramon's dance parties or we'd like have instrument play along to, you know, Stevie Wonder or, right. you know, anything like that. Um, and I was realizing there's so much pop music out there that... I mean, it's a, it's not all of it, obviously, but a lot of it for the for the basic part is a very simplistic formula, and it's you know just verse chorus. Kids can you know grasp that pretty oh, yeah. easily. Um, well, and let's be honest: when it comes to choral content, when it comes to curriculum, you know whether we're doing this for fun, whether we're doing it as part of an actual school curriculum. There's something more fun about doing popular music than there is about doing sacred or even the more square secular stuff. Kids, like, even if they don't know the song, kids like to rock. Yeah, it, you're three years old. You know a guitar is cool. Yeah, you do. Like you yeah. know David Bowie's fucking cool. <laughs> they learn it if they didn't know it yet. Exactly. Yeah, well, for so sure. we'll talk more about the kids choir, rock and roll kids choir, coming up just ahead, and more about you. But first, I hate to go too long without a song. You chose this particular song right here off one of the greatest albums of all time. It turns out you and I share a common belief that David Bowie might be a demigod or was possibly a demigod in terms of his influence. He gave weirdos a soft place to land, and he just he, he continued to evolve throughout his entire career, and he was never not interesting or good. Why did you pick this particular track? Do you do this with the kids? I do this with the kids. We will be doing this on our concert in May. Come on. I've done it with my school kids. Actually, I have a great 
Five-year-old singing this song I mean, sounds so unbelievably wholesome that I can't wait. I cannot. I'm coming. I, I need a ticket. I'm please coming. do. Please do. We would love to have you May 18th. Okay. Uh, we'll be having that. And you can find more info on our website, uh, rockandrollkidsquire.com. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk more about that just ahead. I'm glad it's coming up in May. May, pretty open for me right now. I'm going to be honest. Here's David Bowie with Starman on The Brian Oak Show.
so Beth, if I understand this properly, you're telling me that literally, let when when David Bowie says "Let the children boogie." The kids in your rock and roll kids choir actually boogie. They boogie. They boogie their little hearts out. <laughs> that is freaking awesome. There's always one or two kids who can really dance too. Yeah, they exactly. got moves. I love that. I they love do that. the whip. They do the yeah. nae yeah, Exactly. Right. You during the course of that song, Sean said something very important about the nature of choral music. In my humble opinion, because yeah. you grew up in choir, yes. I grew up in choir. Beth obviously has spent more than a little time around a choir. <laughs> um, you know, I went to all state choir. I, we've all done the same thing, but when you do it collectively and when you hit that moment, now I know it's different with four and five-year-olds or seven-year-olds, but you know, like if you've done choir before, you hit that blend and you feel a thing that you're part of something bigger, what's that word, synergy, where it's more than Mm -hmm. the sum of its parts. (laughs) When a choir hits and when it does the right thing... There's nothing like it, you know. My wife went to ex-wife went to St. Olaf, and we would go down to see their Christmas thing every year or every other year, however often they do it. And um, watching a proper choir is amazing, but also then watching kids collectively involved in singing with something, especially when it's fun. And then they get to fucking shake their booties. I just, I hate to keep swearing because I'm worried one of your kids <laughs> is going to hear this. Um, but it, that's. That's an amazing thing, even though it's kind of like herding cats when they're that age, isn't it? It's herding adorable cats who yeah. are, like, absolute joy. Yeah. So and do you, are you that choir director in front of the kids that's just got the, the big smile, too? Because, like, you're trying to get them to smile, so you're just like, you got that. That's what I remember about all of my choir directors growing up. They all had this big smile on their face, like, okay, be into it, you know? So otherwise, some kids are just got this, like... Is it lunchtime? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I only took this because I couldn't play an instrument. I don't want to be. I don't want to be in here. I would like to give a quick shout out to Judy Blomgren, my middle school choir teacher, the one who got me into choir. And also, when I first went to high school, I got a teacher who was in her very, very last year of teaching, mm. and she had lost control of the class, and she hated today's young people. And her name was Betty Axtell, and we called her Betty the Axe Axtell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was um, not a nice person. Yeah. She was a mean person. Yeah. She would just stare evilly over the piano and bang <laughs> on the top of it when the kids weren't paying attention. However, the next year, she was replaced by one of the most angelic women I've ever met in my entire life, Nancy Larson, who was my choir director, took us at... Did I mention I was in a select choral ensemble called Vision? I, I think I, I I remember that. Anyway, um, I just I, I choir mattered to me. <laughs> Why do you think it's important that young people get hooked on music? I mean, it's something that literally has been a source of joy for me my entire life. I can't remember a time when it wasn't kind of my focus. I, I feel like, and um, just I think music has the power to express big emotions that are hard to name sometimes uh, with words, especially when you're four years old. I mean, you don't, you literally don't have the vocabulary yet. And just to hear this music sometimes. And again, as we were talking about Bowie, just, I really stress to them, look, Bowie was a weirdo. dude. (laughs) Bowie was was. such a weirdo. Stay in school, kids. Don't do drugs. (laughs) And that's exactly what I love about him. And, And that's exactly why I find him welcoming. And, I want to encourage those kids that aren't necessarily going to be um, doing the mainstream thing and uh, just to let them know from a very, very early age that it's okay to be you and it's it's great to be you. It's 
that's the best thing you can be. It's also healing and you have to be present when you're doing it. Yeah. You have to be focused on that so you don't have to worry about everything else in your life. So that's really cool as well. You have to be paying attention for it to actually work. I'm going to swear now. You can't half-ass music. No, you can't. Was that even swearing? That's, that's Beth? kid that was swearing. Pretty, that Come was pretty, on, Beth. That's preschool pretty teacher teen. swearing. Pretty edgy. Pretty edgy <laughs> You can't stuff. half donkey music. <laughs> nice. Unbelievable. <laughs> I can tell you work with children. And that's a really good thing because I do think that the earlier you find out that you love it, the better. And also that there is something, again, going back to what you said, Sean, about being part of something bigger. There is something about being part of something else that everyone's involved in. Again, my ex-wife as a music educator for more than 30 years now, she's like, if I could only get a full 15 minutes of class in every single hour, because so much of it, again, when you're talking about squirrely middle schoolers, Mm -hmm. she's like, you just have to corral them. But when you get them there and you get everyone on the same page, it makes all the difference in the world. Let me ask you this then. So again, I've never, I've seen kids of many ages. I can't imagine, how many people are in the choir? Well, we are currently, we're a little bit lower than I'd like. Yeah. Um, we're still taking registrations okay. at our website. Um, we start in a couple of weeks. We've got, I think, 11 now in okay. our Sunday choir. Um, only a few, we have five right now in our Monday choir. They will be combining them Understood. for the concert. I'd love to get a few more in there. Um, just Where would the, I find that website? Uh, rockandrollkidschoir.com. Interesting. Just and, like it's called. Uh, yep, exactly like it's called. Okay, okay. We are, we are. So what I wanted to ask you is like, you know, sometimes when you get that many squirrely people of that age around one another, do they do they police one another? Like, do, or do you have to do all of the corralling? Or do they sometimes are like, hey. We're singing right here. I definitely, yeah, I definitely have some tiny adults that are, that are. Love it. Helpers. You have to, you have to have those, right? Yeah. But again, I mean, I think a lot of it is making it fun for them so yeah. that they want to be involved right. and music like this, it's instantly going to draw them in. And of course you're going to have, you know, not perfect attention at all, at all times, but that's not what Re- I require. Really? With four-year-olds? <laughs> I know, it's shocking, right? But I mean, that wouldn't be very rock and roll either if we were all just exactly, sitting there in our chairs. Exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like this idea very, very much. Well, it's why I reached out. I saw you announce that you got the gig coming up, and I'm like, who can I get on the podcast to talk about this? Because again, it marries some of my greatest loves in the world, up to and including cool music. Let's talk about this next song you're going to play. Do you have the kids do this song? Oh, yes. Now, the Flaming Lips... Are, I mean, they've been around since the 80s. I mean, I remember going to record stores when I was a teenager and seeing their records on the wall, telepathic surgery and hit to death in the future head or something. I, anyway, they have always been weirdos, and now they've grown over the course of four-plus decades to become stadium headliners. They're a gigantic band, but this one goes back to still the pretty weird days of the 90s. What made you pick this song for your choir? Um, This one... I just, well, first of all, I just love the idea of a bunch of kids screaming Vaseline. <laughs> that's, that's perfection. Um, we also, it's a great opportunity to teach them one of the most important instruments that they will ever learn. Yes. Which is the air guitar. Oh, yeah. And so we're like. 25 kids doing that is 
how old is too old to join your choir? Because I feel like I could spend the occasional afternoon doing this. This is a good one. Well, you're welcome to come and observe sometime. Uh, I, I don't want to observe. I want. I need a. I need a central role. I need. Can, a, I need, you a, might need I need to shave that beard off so you fit in with the four and five year olds. So I better. look a little more. Yeah. You'd absolutely pass. No, yeah. I don't think so. Here's the flaming lips on the Brian Oak Show. entirely certain that you're putting the right ideas into today's 
young people's heads, Miss Cassinius. <laughs> um, Why would that be, Mr. Oak? Vaseline on toast? No, they were warned. Okay. We have a whole segment. We, I asked them to tell me what they put on their toast. And I say, that's a much better idea. No one ever says Marmite, do they? I have not had any Marmite. Yeah. Because Marmite, have you ever had Marmite? No. So, that's an Australian thing, isn't it? We, uh, yes, and also British. Uh, yeah. But Vegemite is the more common one. Yes. But Marmite is even more yeasty and unyielding and awful. I tried it once just to try it because I spent some time in Australia. And um, awful. Both of them. Vegemite and Marmite. I'm like, I, I, can we? let's just put sand on our toast. That's right. Your parents lived there for a while, right? They lived that's there for a few you, years. That's right. Exactly. No, that's no, how I, I ended up over yet. there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't end up over there, but I went for a full-blown two-week vacation, and when I came back, found out that the radio station I worked for had been trying to replace me the entire time I was gone. <laughs> in radio, don't take two <laughs> no, full weeks right. off. You're right about vacation <laughs> don't, in general. Don't, don't take weeks it's off. It's a mistake. Yeah. It's a mistake. You'll take, come back. Like, and... take a long weekend, yeah. And yeah, but the, don't take two weeks yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. That is true. Oh, those people. Beth, um... You, in addition to being the founder and the director of Rock and Roll Kids Choir, are also a, well, as you've stated here, what did you say, semi-professional singer? <laughs> yes. When When do you perform? How do you like to perform? What kind of music do you do? I like to perform literally anything you put in front of me. Um, I have had a uh, church soloist gig for almost 20 years now uh, at a church in Edina. Right. And, uh, Which church? Uh, Chapel Hills United Church of Christ. Okay. It's a very small little uh, place, kind of around 62 and 169. Um, uh, growing up, going to church, and also having done as much choir as I have and having performed in churches as often as I have, churches, no matter what their budget is, no matter what their size is, they always seem to have amazing musical equipment and really, really good acoustics like somebody built it with that in mind i mean music is part of the celebration yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, and that's why you will find cathedrals churches have some of the most amazing spaces to sing in. it's just the, the ring is incredible so. exactly yeah, uh, it says here on your bio as well that you're uh, as equally at home on stage at the ordway with the minnesota opera do you sing opera i do i am an opera singer in fact i will be on stage tonight uh at wow. the ordway with the minnesota opera Why, wh- 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 <laughs> how, how did we bury that lead i mean i know we're here to talk <laughs> about the kids what so i mean like are you are you a contralto are you a soprano where, where do you where does your range i'm lie? right in the middle i'm a mezzo soprano okay um so i have kind of a, a bigger voice but can hit some of the high notes really kind of sit there right in the middle um yeah what, and i've been oh. well, I mean, opera is demanding what kind of i mean like even when someone comes in to perform at the radio station or even if they're going to perform in this room i don't know that i've ever met anybody with real vocal talent that doesn't do some warm-ups what kind of a crazy vocal acrobatics do you have to go through to get ready to do opera? I mean, that's demanding. It is. It is. And you, you do definitely need to warm up your voice. Yeah. Um, you, you treat it like a, a muscle, like if you're warming up for sports or something. Right. Um, yeah. You know, you just kind of do some scales. Um, everybody has various things that they need to work on in their own technique. So. Yeah. It'll it'll vary from person to person, but um, one bottle of pop, two bottle of pop, three go. bottle of pop. Yeah, no, <laughs> I remember. I exactly. Do you have any pregame rituals? Like, are you at all superstitious? Whether we're talking about rock and roll kids choir or you getting up on stage at the Ordway to sing with the opera, do you have a thing that you have to do? A, a totem that you have to have on you? Do you are you superstitious in that way at all? especially right. um you know i just kind of i guess try to center myself try to make sure 
I have everything prepared and um, then sort of just go along for the ride. She sounds like a responsible adult. I'm not sure we can trust her, Sean. I don't know that we're, we're going to allow you in the clubhouse because this clubhouse... Out of the cool kids club. A, this is a cluster here. Nobody nobody gets to leave the Smart Start MN studios without touching every corner of the room 15 times. Um, before we continue and wrap up with our guest today, Beth, uh, I want to talk to Sean Bernard. Sean Bernard, in addition to being my ally and the guy who has orchestrated the re- rebuilding of the Smart Start MN studio here. Yeah, we have a new soundboard, so if you're listening to this, let me know what you think of the sound. Uh, we're going to be do, doing more tweaking tomorrow, um, and hopefully the music sounds better. That's one of the big things we're working on. Okay. Um, but we have a new piece of equipment that's coming in tomorrow that will help that, so today might not be the best judge, but we're going to uh, we're going to tweak more tomorrow, and uh, thanks again to the folks over at uh, AudioQuip, uh, Nate and Patrick and Topher have all been fantastic, great guys, and have been a big help. And when I asked for help, it was like right away they. Well, they're, I mean, they're they're yeah. definitely good to work with. And if sure. you need equipment, they've got the equipment, and they're smart. They know what they're doing. I mean, if they can help, and Sean's actually pretty good at this stuff. Me, I'm an idiot. So as I told you earlier, please don't get hit by a bus because I cannot do this without you. Also, who's going to help people buy and sell their homes this year if you get hit by a bus? That's a good point. I don't know any other realtors. Exactly. So cities, don't so. get hit by a bus. Yeah. Sean is a realtor for Remax Results. How uh, house tricks? Good. Well, people are starting to thinking about think about uh, buying and selling because it's spring right now. Apparently. Is the abnormally warm weather actually activating well, people? What more? it's doing is it's getting people to say, "I should really start thinking about this if I'm going to list my house in the next month or so." Right. Funny thing is, Super Bowl is usually the time where I start getting a lot of calls. Like right after the Super Bowl, there's something that gets into people's heads like, okay, up next, spring. Yeah. I better get my shit together. Uh-huh. Get this place cleared out. Get, and get your it, poop in a group. Exactly. Get it all ready to sell. And specifically, if you have poop in your house, make sure it's in a group. That's a really important thing to do. I was trying to get Brian to do Timing. a spit take with this. I, I, I literally <laughs> just taken a sip of my Aranciata San Pellegrino and, um, yeah, no, almost spit it all over my laptop. So. Anyway, you were saying. Yeah. yeah, so get a hold of me, 612-859-2594. I also donate a portion of every buy and sell to an area musician or band or maybe vocalist, oh. as it were. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Anyone in mind? Like Just Beth Cassini? Just maybe. Someone looking for a condo? You are. Yes. Yes. Really? There you go. There you go. Whoa. Opera. I got to ask one question about opera because my wife's best friend was Miss South Dakota, which I I joke, and I shouldn't say this on the show, but I'm going to say it. That just means she has all her teeth and limbs. Wow. No, no, no. No, she's fantastic. Great friend. We absolutely absolutely love her. But her talent was singing opera on the Miss America pageant. And I I looked at her. I'm like, when did you just... Because it's one thing to be able to sing. I can (laughs) sing. I can hold a a note. I can sing some harmonies, do all that stuff, sing my part. Um, I used to be a baritoner, and now I'm just a baritone, but which is boring, by the way. Um, but, uh, speak for yourself. But I said, <laughs> what, at, what point, at what point did you discover or uncover that you could sing opera? Me? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'd always been singing um, yes. as a child. And uh, again, my mom was a music major for a while in college. And so they could kind of recognize. Um, and I remember I had wanted to try out for the summer musical theater and yeah. um you know, and so I did a couple of shows with that and realized, oh, I can perform on stage, too. And I like that. I was probably, you know, 
seven or eight ish. It's guess. exciting, isn't um, it? Yeah, the it's, first it's time a you rush. Get a taste oh, of yeah. it, it's oh, incredible. it's so great! It's so great. Um, yeah, and so I kind of just sort of kept doing that. Um, and by the time I was in maybe like junior high, early high school, I was like, oh, there's there's some power. Well, you know, like you need to wait power, to, for right? your it's push. It is. It's, like it's, it's power. Yeah. It's resonance. It's um, got to do that diaphragm thing, man. Yeah. Without that, I mean, especially when you're doing those kind of volumes. I think to Chan's point. There are people who are good at everything, right? I mean, or, or uh, everyone has some talent of their own, but there is something that, like, if you're an MMA fighter, you graduated from parking lot brawls, right? Like, you are He's actually looking a, right at me, by a, the way. A, uh, you are <laughs> you're prof- not wrong. You are a well, what he said about me is that Sean, he sure can take a punch. Oh, <laughs> don't glass jaw on that guy. <laughs> Toughest realtor on the south side. Exactly. Um, but I mean, like, you you had to come to the realization that you could punch a note you could hold a note you could do things that not everybody could do yeah and I mean I started I started taking private voice lessons uh in high school and I think that was kind of the point where I really started to realize this is something I'd really like to develop and make a career out of if it's possible um and so kind of started working towards that um again high school contests and things like that and you're on stage at ordway tonight what is the opera uh it is donizetti's the elixir of love and it's a super fun kind of romantic comedy kind of thing bel canto opera lovely uh melismas and lots of exciting triplets and things going super high super i know what a triplet is i don't know what a melisma is (laughs) melisma is one of those kind of that sort of deal. Wow. I mean, more professionally Nothing than that. Nothing a but. little penicillin <laughs> won't take care of when you got a melisma. Honest to God, seriously. It why, does why sound like a condition. A it really does. Yeah. Yeah, I got this melisma, but I'll be okay. Just oh. a, just a, a low fever. And <laughs> yeah, no. <and> just a little... <laughs> you okay in there, honey? Oh. No? Okay, I'll All be right. over here. We have to say goodbye now. But before we say goodbye, Rock and Roll Kids Choir is why we initially started talking about this. You would like more people to sign up, and I think kids would benefit immensely from this where do they go say it slow like i'm a four-year-old rock and roll kids mm-hmm. we start rehearsals on february 11th and we would love to uh take you if you can't make that one you can come you know post that we can work something out uh, you can send us an email or contact us on the website Fantastic. I think this is amazing, and it was really nice to meet you. Thanks. You too. It was really fun to be here. Thanks, Sean. That was terrific. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to see you every once in a while, yeah, too. Yeah, not bad. I mean, what, like once, twice a week? That's good. I'm good at that point. <laughs> that's right about... That that's seems a, about the sweet That's sort of the sweet... The Goldilocks After zone. four and a half years or whatever it's... <laughs> exactly. We've been doing this for way too long. That is going to do it for episode 371 of The Brian Oak Show. I do want to thank Smart Start MN. want to thank the good people at Audio Equip, the good people at OA Design Build Architecture. That good person right there sean bernard and Thank thanks you. again to our our guest beth gasinius is there any one last thing you'd like to promote before we say our final goodbye uh just keep on rocking and uh, come and join the choir we're gonna have a blast fantastic news right there and of course once we share this we'll have all the links up and everything else as well uh you have chosen a very interesting song to go out with and i love that you have the kids sing this song because I went shortly after his passing. I went uh, when they opened it up for tours. Went to Paisley Park and did the tour, and inside his main sort of sanctum, sanctorum, his private chamber, um, it's a studio. I mean, there's eight studios in Paisley Park, but this was like a studio room, but where he could sit and do all his work. And there were multiple computers, and there was a coffee cup sitting there, and there was one of these scented candle kind of things sitting there that was just called Starfish. 
and I thought, did he look down one day <laughs> yeah. and say starfish and coffee? Yeah. And that's, I mean, and again, maybe they set it up to make it look like that. But I had a profound purple moment right there in Paisley Park when that happened. Why this song for the kids? Well, I don't know if you saw Prince's uh, appearance on the 90s Muppet Show. Absolutely, yes. I did. So you have seen the glorious video of uh-huh. this that was features the Muppets. Um, he is literally taking things from the uh, the the menu in the the cafeteria there, uh, and just showing us what he can do with just a couple of ingredients there, and you know writes this brilliant pop song. Uh, it's also you, from the perspective of a kid, really. You know, he's talking about early childhood and and going to school and seeing this amazing cool girl like she's not like anybody else she's amazing she's weird and that's wonderful and they're all just obsessed with trying to be like her and trying to see what she has in her lunchbox (laughs) as it were okay okay Okay. uh here's prince on the brian oak show Yeah. 